0: Get started. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, man? What's going on, Trevor? How are you
1: You're <laughs> uh, Doing great, dude. I, I I love the energy, man. Love the energy.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, man, thank you. Thank you, man. Listen, listen, absolutely love what you are doing for real estate investors in the, in, in the uh, real estate investor space, man. Mm. Won't ever forget the first time I saw you. You were actually at WeLive, and I saw you okay. by Karen, man, and providing such tremendous value. So when Bradley, when he reached out to me, I'm like, for sure, yeah, I definitely want to have your <laughs> man, Trevor, on the School of Hosting podcast. And here we are, man. How are you? How are you? Doing,
1: doing amazing, dude. Um, Man, I, I had a chance to dive in in the new year to your podcast, like uh, before the new year in December. I was doing a big bike cha- challenge, riding a ton on the, on the bike, man, and your podcast is freaking awesome. You got a bunch of reviews on there, and I love the energy you bring, dude. So th- thanks, for, thanks for allowing me to hang out with you for a little bit when we record it. It'll be awesome, fun.
0: Awesome, man. Um, thank you so much for, for checking out the podcast as well. Yeah. I'm glad to know that, uh, that, that you know, I have your support, man. And, um, <laughs> and and again, man, thank you again for taking out your time. I know you're busy, busy, man, Trevor. Uh, and, and So really quickly, because I know many, many of us know you, and there's some of us as well, right, that are on the show right now. Who don't yet know you, right? But many yep. of the people that do, Trevor, they know you for carrot, right? Uh, so I'm just curious to—I want to, to I wanna know, man. How did it all start for you, dude? So
1: I'll—I'll I'll, I'll take it—I'll take it back, man. So I'm—I'm I'm definitely not one of those guys. You know, you hear all the time, hey, you know, I had the lemonade stand or I sold candy to the kids at school or whatever. You're an entrepreneur since you're six, dude. I—I I, I wasn't that guy. Okay, I never—never I never wanted to be in business. Um, I never thought business was sexy, so I'm, I'm 38 right now. I think people growing up right now, see entrepreneurs is like this really cool, sexy thing, uh, you know, back when I was growing up, man, it was small businesses. You know, like it was, I didn't want to go work at a, uh, own a convenience store or my parents owned a, a rental equipment store. And for me then I'll jump to the carrot part but but for me I I showed up every day you know to my house and noticed how much they were working like they were working their butts off Saturdays some Sundays going out there and helping like tear down weddings cuz that was another business they had started was a wedding and party store and so dude I, I I wanted the opposite of it I'm like I don't want to go into business if it means this if it means me working on Saturdays and Sundays, and just really not having a lot of freedom. Now their business has changed since then, uh, but dude, af- after that, man, I, I kind of got bit by the real estate bug a little bit in college. Um, uh, my dad, he had, he had uh, bought bought the Carlton Sheets course, like literally the five hundred dollar no money down course you see on TV, you know, and uh, and he and he went through it. and He didn't do anything with it, and then he put it in front of me and he said, he said, hey. Uh, if you buy a property using this within the next year, um, I won't make you pay for it. Like he gave me the course and he said, if you buy a property, you don't have to pay me anything back for the course. I'm like, all right. And, um, so I went through it and I literally bought a property, no money down using exactly Carlton sheets stuff Bought a four, four unit apartment building, a little fourplex. I still own that today. And that kind of got got me bit by the real estate bug.
0: Really quickly, man. Um, yep. How much of a life changing moment was that for you, brother? It, it was
1: it was big for me, man. It wasn't really a, a big financial win, right? Because when you buy a small property like that, almost all the money gets sucked up into reserves for roofs and windows and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but as far as the mindset shift it was huge because before that you know at at that time i was 21 didn't have any money i didn't have any credit like i didn't have bad credit i just had no credit because i never had a credit card or anything um and so i had this mindset of well shoot no one's going to treat me seriously I'm, i'm just like a college kid with no money you know how can i go out and do this and um once i started to sit down and just said well Maybe if I go through and talk to enough sellers and write enough letters to people who have owned properties for a while that kind of fit this profile, that I might find someone who just kind of resonates with my story and kind of sees me in them 40 years ago. And dude, I found a guy and uh, he was retired, had some properties he's wanting to get get away from so he could just collect the cash flow. So he owner carried a lot of it. And as soon as it closed, I'm like, oh my gosh, mindset-wise things opened up. You, Oh damn, what else am I, in my life am I, am I holding myself back on? what else in my life am i under indexing my own abilities with limiting beliefs that are flat out not true so that was a big deal
0: so so what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had i mean going through that process
1: well, dude, everything. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never, I've never bought a property before. Who am I to go straight to a four-unit building? I'm 21 years old. I've never owned anything before, let alone a piece of real estate. Like, I've never had a car, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I don't have any money. How am I going to get this done? Um, when I get the property, how am I going to know what to do to maintain it? Uh, I don't know how to come up with an offer. Uh, well, how, what if I, what if I calculate things wrong? Like all these things, right? And so the thing that helped me at that time, and I heard it from a mentor, was actually a college professor who was also a real estate investor. He was kind of one of the ones that inspired me to take action on it. And he just said, you don't have to know all of it. He's like, you just have to, you just have to learn the next thing. Like, what's the next, what's the next right thing? And, and he goes, you don't need to worry about analyzing a property right now because you don't have any properties to analyze. He's like, go find properties and start to talk to people. And then, when you figure out, well, shoot, I don't know how to talk to people, then go learn it. And then, when you find a property that look, might look interesting, the person is willing to own or carry, then go like, well, let me figure out how to make an offer now and let me figure out how to analyze it. So, that, that that was a biggie, dude. It was just going like, forget all the stuff out here, two, three, four steps ahead, and just let me think about what's the next right thing, and let me just learn that.
0: Dude, that's, you know, I love that you really expressed that, man, and you share that with us because. Uh, and I'm sure you know now that that you're you're much more seasoned, right? That was a while ago for your first deal. Yep. Uh, I'm, but I'm sure you can see it in in newbies that are stepping into this industry all the time, right? Mm. That overthinking and overanalyzing of the entire process. I love that you just, you know, you know, you're you're the type of guy who just jumps in and plays it, and I'm gonna figure it out while I'm in, right? And it and it, it's something really magical about that though, Trevor, because that's that's exactly how I am, right? I'm, mm. I'm definitely the kind of person. I learned something, I've implemented, right? And then you may not have all the answers right away, but something magical happens in the universe, right? Uh, the answers start popping up because you really need yep. them right now, right? Versus, yep. uh, versus being in a position where you're ch- just trying to find everything then move. So I I, I just, I, I love that, man. It's something I just resonated with you about. Uh, so I just want you, if you don't mind, man, I just want you to at least share a little bit more on that, man. So for someone who's new, what would you what would you tell them about that man going through the same process that you're going through? Maybe seeing some of the same obstacles that you have seen as well. Um, yep. What would you what would you say to a new person getting started,
1: dude? So he, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a little curveball here, and, th- and then I'm gonna bring it back and, and answer your question. So uh, to give people context here, first of all, okay. Uh, so like I said, I'm currently 38. I bought that first property when I was 21. Um, today, if, if you guys were to say, "Well, cool, you bought that one property," like what's happened since then? Um, well, guys, I've, I've gone through a series of those of those times where I've had to challenge myself, I've had to challenge limiting beliefs, it never ends, right? It never ends. Because as you feel like you've unlocked and learned something, and then you're, you're more ambitious and want to want to go chase a bigger goal, the same things creep back up, you have to have a process for going through them, which i will talk about. But today, uh, you know, Carrot, my main business, uh, it's it's over a $10 million a year business. So we're, we keep growing, 40 plus employees. That's another massive limiting belief that I had was uh, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, I'm like, I don't want employees they are a pain in the butt. You can't find good people because that's what I was hearing from other people, right? And and then I'll walk you through what I did. So here, here's the first thing. Through, throughout those years from 21 years old to today, uh, through about five or six different businesses, through some things working and some things failing miserably, up to being uh, running a, an eight-figure company that's highly profitable and we're still growing, uh, bigger than I ever thought I, I could possibly grow a company. Uh, it was this thing I had to do over and over again. So number one, I had to flip my risk profile. So way back at 21 years old, when I'm looking at that investment or when I'm starting a company you know, at 25 or bought another property you know, at 28 or whatever it is, it's like, okay, what 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 pops up in our mind usually is the worst case scenario. And that worst case scenario usually stops us from moving forward. It's well, shoot, what if I analyze this property wrong and I lose everything? Or it's, you know, what is my family gonna think if I fail and da 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 whatever it is. And so what I want people to do is this is really write down what that for that worst case scenario likely is okay well worst case scenario likely is well let's say i make the investment or, or I, I i lock down the property you're wholesaling right so let's go to wholesaling let's say worst case scenario is I find a property i analyze it i lock it down on contract the worst case scenario is you didn't get a good deal on it no one's going to actually buy the contract and you have to give it back to the seller probably right i mean there might be a worst case but that to me is probably about worst case Um, and so usually the worst case isn't as bad as we think it is before we actually really analyze it. Number two, we have to flip, flip the risk profile. And so this is one thing that a lot of people don't do when they get stuck in that analysis paralysis or stuck in a mode where they don't really progress and win in life, where they look back two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row and go, man, I, every single year I say this year is going to be my year. And every single year I don't take action or every single year it's not, um, it's this. Is you need to flip the risk profile. And here's what I do. Number one, I say I, I don't look at it and go, "Well, what's the worst that can happen?" And that's the risk. I say, "What is 100% guaranteed to happen if I don't take action? What's 100% guaranteed to happen if I don't take action?" Um, and. With a lot of people, what's 100% guaranteed to happen if you don't take action on wholesaling, go out there and make offers. Or if you don't take action, buy that first property or start that business or quit your job if that's the thing you want to do, move on to the next thing. The worst thing that could happen is you're going to stay in that current life and that pattern that you obviously aren't enjoying because you're looking for something new. You're probably going to begin to resent uh, a lot of stuff. You might look back in five, 10, 15, 20 years and go, damn, I wish I would've taken a chance on myself. And then now a lot of your life has passed. That's a terrible picture. I do not want that for myself. And I don't think most of you guys do either. So look at the worst case scenario, analyze it. It's usually not as bad as you think it is. Number two, flip it around and say, what's 100% guaranteed going to happen if I don't do this? I'm more scared of that than I am on the worst case scenario. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm scared that I don't want to live this life that I that I don't enjoy as much as I can enjoy this vision that I've got here out there
0: that's beautiful man that is absolutely beautiful and you know this 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 is a great example of just mindset man and and the importance of having the proper mindset uh, going on this journey I mean you know life is a journey entrepreneurship is like the ultimate adventure right yeah, is <laughs> and i'm sure you'd agree man uh doing something that you love to do and really you know uh paving the way for yourself uh and just creating your own economy is just you know there's there's, there's nothing nothing else like it in my opinion but it mm-hmm. does require the proper mindset man and so now i now i i did take a look uh and i noticed that you also talk about the energy audit which i yep. thought is very, very, very valuable for anyone to hear about. I mean, this cool. I mean, it's 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 not necessarily wholesaling, but I mean, any entrepreneur who wants to get started, entrepreneur. I felt like entrepreneurship. I felt like it's just an important thing to talk about. So, man, mm. if it's not too much to ask, uh, I would love for you to share about the energy audit.
1: Dude, let, let's let's do it, man. So so same thing. You guys kind of know where where I started in entrepreneurship, and now you guys know where where we are today. And we work with about eight thousand active investors and wholesalers, and and even some real estate agents now to generate a lot of leads online. And and along that way, what happened to me was this: is I'd start a business. And in that early phase, you're excited about everything, right? Like everything is interesting and you ha- you're having to learn everything because you might not have the resources or money to go hire someone or whatever it is. So you know, I'll, I'll give you some examples from my own story uh, early in, 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 in the years of when I was starting to grow my online side of the companies and learn the skill sets of generating leads online, I was building my own website. I was writing all my own copy. I was hiding, I was like diving in and learning how to hack at some basic code and wordpress sites and like i jacked it up but i did what i could do because i didn't have the money to pay for it um i would be sitting there and like executing the marketing Uh, i would be doing all this i'd be doing the bookkeeping i'd be doing the accounting i'd be doing like all the stuff you know and what happens is after that newness wears off uh, which it will eventually wear off it's just like it's the honeymoon phase of entrepreneurship right after that newness wears off and that initial just fire and energy from the start, from the from from like the launch pad wears off, what's gonna happen is you need your business to give you energy, not take it. Um, and in most people, uh, we start businesses because we're running away from something, usually. Okay, we're running away from a job we don't like. We're running away from a vision we don't like. We're running away from an income ceiling that we don't like. Uh, we're running away from limiting beliefs our family members or friends place on us. We're running away from something. And as soon as you get velocity away from that thing and you're like, damn, I finally got my income replaced and I see a good vision ahead. like So that's where the energy wears off from the start. And so this happened to me around 2010 or 11. And I found myself waking up, you know, amazing wife. Uh, At that time, I had one child, my first daughter, I've got three now, uh, two girls and a boy. And it was making low six figures a year as a mid 20 something year old guy. I was able to travel from the outside in, dude, everybody probably thought Trevor, that Trevor's got it made, which I did. I I wasn't grateful. I, I, I wasn't grateful. Mm-hmm. And I'm laying there one day and I remember staring up at the wall after my wife had got up, got herself ready for work. We got the baby ready. Baby went to the, the, the babysitter and I'm laying there at 10 o'clock. I'm laying there at 11 o'clock. I'm going, I don't want to get out, out of bed to do the work in the business that I had created for myself. Wow. And I think we all create businesses for freedom, you know, flexibility, uh, finances, of course. And, and hopefully we want to make an impact, right? We make we create businesses for freedom and impact. And at that time i had money but i didn't have any freedom because my business was trapping me and i wanted to make a greater impact but i couldn't because i didn't have uh, the time to do it because my business was trapping me with crap i I didn't like to do and so i sat there and i'll walk you guys through the energy audit this was the start of it in 2010 uh, 11. i took out a piece of paper and you guys can actually find uh, i i now have a worksheet you don't have to opt in for it like no email exchange nothing uh just carrot.com forward slash energy Uh, carrot.com forward slash energy, or I think we've got one up at carrot.com forward slash Trevor, Uh, carrot.com forward slash Trevor, that and some other productivity resources I use are there too. So I pulled it up, piece of paper, line down the middle of the piece of paper on the left side, write down the things that drain your energy in an average work week, okay? And these are things you're actively doing. Like these are things that if you look at your average work week the past four weeks, what are things that you're doing in work and life that, that that drain your energy? You have less energy when you're done doing them. Write that list. On the other side of the piece of paper, write the list of the things that give you energy in business and life. Now, this is important where this one, you wanna dream and put even put stuff that you're not currently doing on an average work week, especially that stuff. You know, at that time, I wasn't working out. Um, I love strategy, dude. Like, if you t- if you talk to me about what I what gives me energy in work, strategy gives me energy. I wanna think up ideas, I wanna get the whiteboard out, like blow up stuff, and then I wanna walk out of the room and not have to execute it, right? Your creator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I love talking, I love th- this gives me energy. Like, this right here gives me energy. Um, what drains my energy, I discovered, was about 80% of the things I was doing in my work at that time. It drained my energy to take that marketing idea that we had and actually go do it. I didn't want to sit down and write the, the, the ad. I didn't want to sit down and write the emails. I didn't want to build the darn website. Um, I didn't want to have to do that stuff. I didn't want to do the books and the bookkeeping. It drained my energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, some of it you've got to do for a period of time. Like you can't just drop it all and go, well, I don't like to do it, therefore it's gone. Like in that in that first initial phase of starting your company, you've got to get momentum. And then once you get income coming in, Take that energy audit you've got your things that drain your energy on one side things that give your energy on the other side and and then what you do next is i would take that piece of paper and that the document you know carrot.com forward slash trevor with the energy audit um walks you through it uh you then circle the one or two things that drain your energy the most on that left side and then write down how many hours per week you spend doing that so let's say you know it's uh whatever it is Uh, I'll, i'll give a real example for me from 2015. I wrote that thing and it was writing blog posts, like writing blog posts is part of what was building our business, dude. I couldn't just shut it off yeah. and, and I couldn't just outsource it to someone in India or something like the blog post had to be amazing because that's what drew, grabbed like attract people to carrot and, and converted people, but it drained my energy so bad. And I wrote it down. And I said, that's probably eight hours a week. Sure. And then there was probably something else on there that was maybe another three hours a week. I'm looking at this going. okay. 11 hours a week, I'm doing these two things that are just absolutely draining life out of me, but they have to get done in the business. I just need to figure out how I don't have to do them. Okay. So you circle those two things. And then what I do every quarter now is I look over to the energy give part of it. And I say, awesome. The first thing this quarter, I'm going to, I'm going to create a process and then find someone to do those two things that are draining my energy, but drive the business. That's my first action items write them down the wall, create a process for this, document how I'm doing it, and then go find someone to do it for me. Number two, I go over to the energy give side, and I circle one or two things over there that I'm not doing enough that give me energy. I'm like, I'm gonna start doing that this quarter. And dude, that's how my podcast started. 2016, dude, I'm like, energy audit. I need to get away from blog posts because they drain my energy, but they make us money. And I'm gonna start a podcast. I have no clue how it's gonna make me money, but it gives me energy and that's all that matters to me. And I'll wrap it with this is, the whole aim with the energy audit is when you do your thing in the left side, the thing in the right side, you want to switch your ratio to where at least 80% of your week ideally is giving you energy. Um, at that time, when I first created that that audit in 2010, 2011, it was about 80% of my time was spent in energy draining things. Dude, no wonder I didn't want to get up out, out of bed to go to work. Wow. No wonder. And it took about two to three years to shift it to 80% energy giving. Um, and I still do the energy audit every single quarter.
0: Wow, that's that, that, thank you so much for sharing that, man. You know, a, a question I have for you. I mean, many people. Do you believe like does many people realize that a lot of their energy is really getting drained by things they don't they don't like? I mean, how, how many people are really aware of that? Honestly, I wasn't really <laughs> until I until I learned about your energy audit and the way yeah. uh, that you do things. Uh, I didn't realize how much of my time was being taken up by things that just were draining energy versus things yep. that give me more energy. So, um, is that something that you believe that many people know about? I mean, uh, uh, I, I I don't think so, man. Here's here's kind of what what
1: a lot of us learn, right? It's like, and it's not it's not wrong. Uh, I just for, I think for me, it it didn't end up working out well. Was We end up learning hey you're doing a lot of things you need to learn productivity right so so you you go learn you go read the book getting things done which is an amazing book it's a great book uh by david allen i think it is or you go read this book or that book or take this course in productivity or how to organize your inbox more like all those things are good they're all necessary they can help you be more effective but a lot of that advice that we're getting is organizing the stuff that you're doing versus saying what should i cut out that serves me better and fuels me better or a lot of the things that people will say is write down a list of all the things that make you money and don't make you money that you're doing and then like all those things you're currently doing that don't make you money or don't make you very much money outsource them or get them off of your lap um i think that's a recipe for being unfulfilled in business honestly uh, and that's what i that's what got me to that spot in 2010 11 was i had gone through that process over and over again right down in the middle of the paper things that make me money don't make me money okay circle the things that make me money let me do more of that so i started doing more of that i just started doing more marketing campaigns i started doing more of those things that were making me money and dude i pulled back i'm like i'm flat out freaking miserable okay I, i've got more money but no more time to do it and this stuff is draining the crap out of me so In that moment, I I had that question pop up to my mind. I'm like, what if this isn't what we're supposed to be going after? Like, what if we're not supposed to be just optimizing our days for income? Like, what if we optimize our days for energy and joy? And what, what what if we actually like started doing more of the things that we really like to do and we got really good at those things that we like to do that give us energy? And what if that actually helped us grow our business even faster when we sat in what we're amazing at and what we love to do? and that's all i did man i'm like i took my mind off of the revenue side of it and i'm like i'm gonna go towards energy and joy and getting really good at those things that give me energy and then eventually i think the income will come and that's what happened um it it, it takes patience though dude it takes patience
0: that's amazing man uh, so now how did how did carrot come to be
1: yep dude so so carrot came to be in this way so 2000 uh, uh, 2004, I bought that first property. So when I was 21, um, and then over the series of years after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I I personally had thought I wanted to do wholesaling. So I like, you know, investigated every forum, all that kind of stuff. I, I I could answer a lot of the wholesaling questions probably just as good as people who were actually doing it. And I had never done a wholesale deal at that point. Uh, but for me, I started to look back and I said, man, what type of business do I want to build? Like what, what's my end game? And, and that's something a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people just start a business because it makes money instead of saying, well, what's my end game? Like, what do I want this business to build towards? What, what do I want? How do I want it to serve me in, in my community and those around me? And so I started looking at wholesaling as I was digging into it. I'm like, man, this is just going to put me on a, on, a, on a hamster wheel of, of closing deals all the time, unless I take that active income and put it towards something that is more sustainable over the long-term. And for me, I had to look back and like I said, I really do love real estate as a as a store of value. I love real estate as a wealth building activity. But for me, I decided right after buying that first property that I wanted to buy and hold, that was, that was gonna be my game. And the only decision was how am I gonna make money uh, on my active income, is it going to be flipping houses and wholesaling, or am I going to try to find something else? And I just started discovered I love marketing, and and I, I discovered that um, the internet was this interesting thing that you could start to really you know get good results from. So, it would have been 2005. Um, I moved out of small town Oregon up to Portland, Oregon, which big city for us here in Oregon anyway. And um, I was doing some work for like a thousand dollars a month. I wasn't making any money. A thousand bucks a month. I was working at my uncle's mortgage bro He wasn't wasn't his he was a mortgage broker at a brokerage and uh, i was helping him with some marketing and he walked up to me one day and he pointed at the computer screen and said can you google like mortgage brokers portland and i go, okay cool i googled it and um and he said how do you get me there like to, he pointed to the top of google and i go i don't know and and he goes he goes you think you could do it and i go i probably could like i don't know i'll, I'll go figure out how to do it um, up to that point, all that he had me doing was literally going through Craigslist and cold calling people uh, that were on For Sale By Owner to see if they wanted a mortgage or refinance. It was miserable, like completely miserable. But I'm glad I did it because it showed me, you know, crap I didn't want to do. And so I learned how to learn how to build simple websites that got ranked well in Google. Uh, and then I'm like, damn, this is working really well. Uh, the most motivated people you know they're going to be picking up their uh, not their cell phone at that time but today their cell phone the most motivated people are seeking are actively seeking out a solution to their problem you know they're they're like damn I've got this issue with this house or I want to buy a home or I want to find a house to rent and then they're actively going to try to solve it and the first place that we all go is right here to Google now yeah. okay And so once I got really good at at getting things ranked high in Google and creating content to do so, not gaming the system, but doing exactly what Google wants, like creating content that answers the problems, that builds trust, that builds credibility, that positions me and my clients at that time in a better light than everybody else. And I'm like, oh man, people are landing on these sites, but no one's becoming a lead, right? It's like they're here, but it's not doing the clients any good because they're not getting leads from it. And so I started to go, what's next? And I start to Google like how to get leads on my website. And I learned about something called conversion optimization, conversion rate optimization, right? And all that that is, is the fancy term for when someone lands on your website, there's certain things that you can do that position it with the words on the site, the way your site's structured, how the buttons are, how big they are, the words on the buttons, how many form fields, like colors of buttons, thousands of things that are psychology triggers that help a website convert a visitor into a lead at a higher rate. I got really good at that. And so uh, over the next three to four years, I took on clients, some of them really big outside of the real estate market. Uh, the biggest one is a, about a half a billion dollar a year company at that time that's a flooring company. So if you go to Home Depot and buy like life proof flooring or any of that, it's the company that manufactures that that I did all the online marketing for. Oh, cool. Implementing the exact same stuff that we do today in Carrot, wow. okay? I've grown Carrot the exact way that I grew their company from number eight on homedepot.com to number one in their category, exact same way. And so uh, that was around you know 2010, I got that client, starting to crank on stuff, I had another business. And in 2012, I kind of hit that crossroads where I'm like, damn, I don't enjoy what I'm liking still. And I'm just gonna start over and start from, start from scratch. And so here, here's, here's how carrot, the carrot idea happened and how it started. And I wanna give context because that was the background. Over about four years, five years, I got really good at generating leads and a lot of leads for real estate investors during that time, a lot of sellers and buyers. And so I read a book called The Pumpkin Plan and The Pumpkin Plan essentially states like, a lot of entrepreneurs get in trouble by having too many pumpkins on the vine. They, they have too many businesses going on. They get distracted. And this story in the book essentially states this, and I read this in 2012. Uh, the story in the book essentially uh, talks about a pumpkin farmer. And you know those pumpkin farmers that grow like the world champion, ginormous like 2,000 pound pumpkins. Um, they do it in a different way than a normal pumpkin is grown. And essentially they start with a seed. Like you've got to have the right seed in order to grow a ginormous pumpkin. You can't you can't use a seed from a small pumpkin uh, uh, varietal. You've got to use the seed that goes big. So that's a big idea, right? Going to business, you got to have a, an idea that's going to go big enough that can reach your, your vision, your dreams. Number two, you plant the darn seed in the ground, you water the heck out of us. That's marketing that's showing up every day to learn in your business and whatever. And he said, number three, you're gonna see the sprout come up and you're gonna see the vine start to spider out there and there's gonna be leaves popping off the vines and you're gonna see pumpkins growing on the different vines on there. And he said, what you need to do is look at three, four or five pumpkins out there that look promising and cut everything else off. Cut all the leaves off, cut every other pumpkin off the vine. And equivalent to businesses, when you start out, you wanna dabble in some things, okay? Dabble in this, dabble in that, kind of t- taste test some things for a short amount of time, but then trim everything else off. He said eventually but you have to do it pretty quickly you're going to find one pumpkin has more promise than anything else he said this is the mistake most entrepreneurs make is they don't trim down and focus on one pumpkin they're still focusing on five marketing methods or they're focusing on two different businesses or whatever it is two three different types of real estate investing he says as soon as you see one that's promising trim every other pumpkin off the vine, trim every other leaf off the vine, focus on that one and water the crap out of it. And he said that last week, you can almost see the pumpkin growing. It grows so fast. But if you keep those other leaves and pumpkins on the vine, all those other leaves and pumpkins suck the energy out. So you're going to have a bunch of mediocre results out there and you're never going to grow that world champion pumpkin. So I read that. And in that moment, I'm like, man, I've got too many things going on. And i'm not really enjoying at my core uh all of these and it doesn't seem like any one of these is the big pumpkin okay and so i vowed that year dude i'm like i'm trimming everything i'm trimming absolutely everything and i'm gonna reset from scratch and i think this might be inspiring for some people that um i think i talked about this actually at that we live uh was in that moment um and i heard this years later but this is kind of like looking back on the moment hindsight's 2020 um you, you oftentimes have to go down before you can before you can go up right sometimes your income has to go down before it can set a stronger foundation to go up. sometimes you've got to hit rock bottom personally before you can become your greatest version of yourself um, whatever it is and I was making a couple hundred grand a year as a mid 20 something year old dude and uh, in in you know 2011, 12 and 2013 my my personal tax return was 26,000 bucks. I went from 200 grand to $26,000 in one year, I cut all my businesses off. And I said, I'm focusing on one thing this next year. And the one thing that was left here, dude, was this, I trimmed everything except for that one client, the big client, I was talking about the flooring company, cause they were paying some good revenue coming in. I had to still like buy food for the family and stuff. Um, but then I had about a hundred websites that I had set up on WordPress for a bunch of real estate investors from my one of my previous companies that I cut. And that was a six-figure company. I'm like, I walked away from it. I didn't I, I didn't get much from it. I flat out walked away from it. So like, I want, I just need time and my energy back. I don't care about the money. I'll, I'll figure out a way to make that money back someday. Um, and there was about a hundred websites with investors that was helping them raise private money. And they converted well, they ranked really well on Google. And it was on this hosting account, it was a pain in the butt. They were paying me nine bucks a month. And I'm looking at the last things to cut and I'm going, damn, this thing is a pain in the butt because I'm not making money on it. And they all want support, of course, because they're paying 10 bucks a month. And the second I was getting ready to cut it, it popped up to me and someone reached out to me and and they essentially said, it's like, <clears throat> you know, I've got this website that's, that's up here, but it's not getting me results. What do I do to make it better? And Can you help me? I'm like, oh, man, I know exactly what to do to get that results. You need to change this to get it ranked higher in Google, to get in front of those most motivated people, change these five things to make it convert better, but I don't have the time to do it for you because I'm focusing on my big thing, whatever it's gonna be. And then my main, my brain jumped over to those hundred real estate investors over them like, oh damn, what if I took that and just helped more, pe- more of those people do this? Like, what if I just scaled it out where I could help them get the most amazing leads possible and I can focus on that on my one thing? And um, that's what we did, dude. So, end of 2013, start of 2014, I put up a website. It wasn't called Carrot at that time until until mid 2014. We literally created every website by hand. When someone signed up, it took us about 20 minutes with the process and clicking buttons and uploading files and all this. And um, and today we're 8,000 clients, about 15,000 websites strong. It's a lot of me now. I don't have to build them one by one. <laughs> But um, that was the, 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 the journey, man. So I think if people look at me going, a guy's worth you know 50 million plus and owns a bunch of real estate in this great business, he must've had some silver spoon or had all this. Guys, I worked my butt off and I read a lot, read lots of books and trimmed the crap out of stuff and focused on one big thing and put my head down until it worked.
0: I love that, man. I absolutely love that. Uh, listen, man, listen, listen. Kudos, huge pat on the back to you, my man, Trevor, because, you know, a lot of people really do believe we just wake up like this. You know, you just, one day you just wake up and, you know, carrot's just here, right? And, uh, and, and and many, I mean, I didn't even know, to be honest with you, uh, with Trevor, I did not even know that uh, this is, that carrot, you got that name in 2014, you know? Yep. Like, I mean, look, just, just it's it's like you said earlier, right? It's the patience, right, mm-hmm. for your journey that's required. And so, you know, I I, I I wanna ask you this. I wanna ask you this, man. Okay, so for, for the real estate investors that are listening to the show, many many people on the show right now, uh, a lot of them haven't done the first deal, right? Uh, yep. Some of them have, uh, some of them are starting to, you know, get off the ground. They're starting to get going, starting to get rolling and put their systems together and, uh, and, and grow their business. And so what I wanna ask you, Trevor, with a tool as powerful as Carrot, uh, obviously it was created with the investor uh, in mind, right? Mm. Um, and so, with a tool like Carrot, what you, would you suggest someone who's brand new to get Carrot and start utilizing it and start taking advantage of, you know, marketing online? Or mm. what would you tell someone like that who may be hesitant uh, on going? and you know taking the new route of marketing because this is this is relatively new you know doing everything online is relatively new so what would you what would you say uh to someone who's just getting started out and they want to you know they're listening to this podcast right now they're like man that guy trevor's an awesome guy you know what i i absolutely want to try a carrot uh what what would you what would you share with someone like that
1: Dude, it's not some question, and I'll be straight up with you, too, that I'm, I'm going to actually drive a bunch of people away from getting a, a carrot site at the start. But here, here's exactly what I suggest people do, and here's the potential that you have. So right now, our clients generate about 80,000 leads a month. Most of them are motivated sellers. If you were to Google, like, you know, sell my house fast, insert whatever city in the country, you're probably going to find like three to eight carrot sites controlling page one and Google, page one of Google in pretty much every city um hundreds of millions of deals are closed through our platform every year so the reason i say this is it works right but let, now let me go back to someone who's new um you know and i'll do it with this story so brian rockwell he's one of our clients down in dallas it's like crazy competitive market right um one of the most competitive markets out there there's a gazillion real estate investors wholesalers in dallas um you know we have a ton of carrot customers down there brian was a school teacher for about 13 years and he was one of those guys kind of like me for a little bit where you're researching researching you're reading all the forms you can answer all the questions better than anyone else but he didn't take action and then uh, his wife actually inspired him she she had started a business and she was starting to use the internet to get some leads for her business and he's like you know what she took a chance on herself i'm going to take a chance on myself and start this thing i'm going to start my dream so, what he did was this, and this is what I would suggest people do, okay, is one of the fastest ways and cheapest ways to get your first deal is offline. Like uh, to, to get to get a to get a deal online, uh, it might take a little bit more time and it, it might take a little bit more uh, energy or possibly even expense. And I'll walk you through that here in a second. But what Brian did was he said, okay. I'm going to start driving neighborhoods uh, and this is before like Deal Machine and all that kind of stuff. Or Maybe maybe Deal Machine was there, but he didn't have it. He was literally driving neighborhoods on the way from uh, work to home and he would take a different route every time. He'd write down the addresses, you know, the same thing, right? You've probably talked about it a million times in your podcast. Write down the addresses, the long, you know, the long grass, the full mailbox, the torp roof, the vacant house, whatever it is. He'd get home, he'd write handwritten letters to all those addresses. And he was literally like, he didn't even have the money allocated to go do a direct mail and drop. Individually writing handwritten letters. Hey, I saw your house. I'd like to buy it. Let's talk kind of a thing. Uh, he sent out, and we have a podcast that is on this. You guys can Google Brian Rockwell, just like it sounds carrots, just Google Brian Rockwell carrot, and you'll find this podcast where he walks through exactly how he did this. But he ended up closing his first deal through that method, okay? It was free except for the postage and his time. Um, he sent out a hundred and something letters to get that first deal. And they're all very targeted letters, right? So now if someone's here hearing this saying, well, how did he get a deal in a hundred letters? I've sent 5,000. Well, um, he didn't do it off of a list. He just drove around in highly, highly, tightly targeted houses that were for sure vacant and that were messed up, okay? Um, so that's what he did. He closed the deal, eight grand. He pulled back and he's a pretty shy guy and he's like, dude, I don't ever wanna do that again. He said, I don't wanna drive around and have to write all these letters. Um, I don't wanna have to go knock on all these doors. And he said, there's gotta be a marketing method that fits me and what I want out of my business better. So now this is the second piece of advice. Okay, first piece is you guys can hustle, get your first deal closed any way you need to get it done. Uh, We still have clients closing deals on Craigslist, right? Go to Craigslist, the for sale by owner section and search up, there's a little box to search stuff, search up fixture upper or motivated or fire damaged or any word that, that shows motivation. And then send an email to all those people and ask if they're the, the owner of the property, because you you don't wanna be working with a real estate agent. Hey, awesome! I saw you're listing Craigslist. Are you the owner of the property? I'm interested in buying something in this area. Yes, I am, okay, amazing. Make every one of them an offer. Every day, send out five, 10, 15, 20 of those, okay? You will get a deal eventually, If you send enough of those out, just like Brian did, he just did it a different way. Okay. So number one, you got to get the first deal closed because once you get the first deal closed in a very manual, cheap, low cost way, if you don't have a lot of funds, but you got some time, then you can take that money and put it towards something that scales your marketing out better. And so Brian took the eight grand and he said, cool, I'm going to research and find something that can scale better. He chose carrot. Uh, a lot of people choose direct mail, cold calling, they all work. They're just different, right? He chose Carrot. Uh, He launched a Carrot site. He went through our training. He went through our three lead per day training. And he said, cool, there's two ways to get leads through Carrot. Search engine optimization, so getting it ranked high in Google. I call it evergreen marketing. It's marketing that once you get ranked high, people are coming day, night, for years uh, for something you did, did one time. And then there's another way to get traffic and leads quicker, which is paid marketing. It's your Google ads, Facebook ads, stuff like that, right? seo getting ranked high in google takes time six to 12 months in a competitive market if you're executing the plan paid marketing is immediate and so he went through our training just literally executed took that eight grand that he had he paid a 100 bucks a month for carrot right he went through the training said i'm going to go through the training and do the seo part and i'm going to invest a a couple hours a day for the first month or two into this but i don't want to learn the pay-per-click side i'm going to take four thousand dollars he took half of that first deal I'm gonna take four grand and put it towards hiring someone to help me launch my ads and towards ads for two months. Okay, so he did that, and in that case study, you guys will walk through and see first year close over six hundred thousand dollars in deals, over three hundred thousand in profits in Dallas, just doing that. Wow. So um, that's kind of a hybrid approach, right? I I definitely wouldn't suggest that if you're brand new and you haven't done anything yet that, that you launch a site and do SEO to get your first deal. SEO is amazing. SEO is going to get your highest motivated clients. Um, it's going to get the highest conversion of your deals. If you, if you look at all the marketing methods out there, uh, radio and TV, it's somewhere between one in 50 to one in 60 leads into a deal, uh, direct mail is between one in 20 to one in 40 leads turn into a deal. Uh, google pay-per-click between 1 and 10 to 125 leads turn into a deal and then seo it's between one and five to one one and 15 leads turn into a deal and so the lead quality is way better in the seo your higher your margins are higher because they're more motivated right and so that's what i would suggest is short term do anything you got to do to get the first deal and then take that money and put it towards something that's more long-term sustainable that builds your foundation Um, i'll finish it with this and toss it back over to you is Now, cold calling, direct mail, they're amazing. They work great, right? Uh, The only thing that I I want people to think about is this, is is outbound marketing is what I call ebb and flow marketing, okay? Any outbound method has an ebb and flow in the way that it, in how effective it is over time. So if you're in Dallas, as an example, let's say you're in a smaller market and man, direct mail, not a lot of people are using it. Gurus are saying use it because not a lot of people, man, I'm going to dive in and start sending my direct mail. Everyone else is within a year and a half, right? Now, every seller is getting 15 direct mail pieces. Everyone's buying the same list. Everyone's sending out similar pieces. And now your mail pieces, your, your response rate got cut by you know 80%. And now you've got to send 20, you know, you gotta send double or triple the amount of mail to get the same amount of deals. Very true. And that actually happened, right? So when that happened, what did you see happen? Cold calling popped up. Okay. Well, shoot, guys, you know, we're getting getting leads and deals way cheaper now. We're able to crack through. No one's sending cold calls. So everyone starts cold calling, right? So direct mail was working really well up here. Everyone uses it. Response rates go down here. Let's find something new. Cold calling comes up. Bam, it's working great. Now everyone's cold calling. Response rates start to go down. People stop answering calls. What comes next? RVMs and text messages, okay? So now we're going to start sending RVMs and texts. They all work, but okay, bam. Now every seller is getting 14 text messages or whatever it is. So you just have to always know with outbound, you're always having to shift and pivot based on what the market's doing, what's saturating the messaging. Um, with inbound, with online, it keeps on getting more effective and growing because it's not driven on your marketing messages going to them. It's driven on the market going online and looking for solutions, and so that's why I always suggest that the online inbound inbound side should be a huge part of your long term plan if you want consistency and predictability.
0: Absolutely amazing, man! Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea we we're gonna drop this many bombs, Trevor. What? Go <laughs> buckets, man. That's amazing. Yes, 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 man. I I love the fact that you shed light on that. You know, uh, because it's true. In, in in 2017, well, let me just say this: in 2016, I got started right, and I did my first deal September 26, 2016, and I did I did that through direct mail, and I and I practiced direct mail for about a year before I actually started to you know, shift and do other types of marketing strategies. And so the the thing that got me to shift, though, it wasn't because, you know, direct mail wasn't working. It's because I did notice a huge dip in my response rate. I started noticing, yep. hey, I'm spending, you know, I'm, spend, I'm, I'm spending what I normally spend, but I'm getting like no responses. And hmm. it was just like a huge, uh, how do I say it? It was a huge stop in a way, right? Because yep. it was very, very noticeable, and that's what got me looking at other marketing streams and start to expand my knowledge on that. And so, you know, it worked out for me in a positive way, right? I got to learn more about marketing. But the thing mm-hmm. is, outbound marketing really does have that, uh, have that, uh, uh, the, just, just that thing about it, you know, where when, when, when everyone's doing it, it's more saturated. You know, sellers. They're, they're a little bit more on the edge. They're less likely to contact you. They're less likely to respond. And so, to to to, to learn and and you know to have you share with everyone uh, on this podcast right now what online marketing, the difference between uh, you know offline you know, doing the outbound marketing versus having you know your, your your website online like carrot right, and having your SEO done right, so that way you're at the top for all of these people who literally are raising their hands right. These are hand raisers. Right, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, hey, 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 I need so yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, so I actually love that, man, because I believe that that is a level of value that probably that everyone listening right now probably wouldn't have received, Trevor, if we hadn't yeah. call right now yep. and we talked about that, because I don't I don't hear too many people actually sharing that uh, that uh, that information about marketing, because that's actually very very true uh, that that does happen, and so. Um, I do want. I do want to say this, man. For, for those people out there, because I, I, you mentioned a little bit earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the SEO, uh, you know, you were you were creating a lot of blogs, right? Content. Yep. creation. So for someone who, let's say, they're they're a little scared of creating blogs. They're a little. They're a little scared of creating content creation because they just don't know how, or they don't know where to start, mm-hmm. or maybe they have that limiting belief that you know they're not the best writer, or, or they don't look look good on camera. Yep. What do you say to someone like that? to help them get moving.
1: Dude, that's, that's an awesome question, man, cause that, that's, that's real, that's a real limiting belief, right? That that, that people have, and I had the same thing. Um, so there's a couple things. So number one, a lot of our investor clients they really don't write any content or write blogs. Like they'll launch a carrot site and there's a few things that you should do to make it yours, right? Because we, we do. When, when you launch a carrot site, you can pick a design, you pick, you want seller site, buyer site, mobile home, land, like whatever you want, right? but then you should go in there and customize the look and feel, get your branding in there, get your local photos in there, get your about page, credibility built out, get testimonials up on there, like really make it so our, So you're, you're optimizing or personalizing, that's a better word, you're personalizing our high converting framework, right? um so that's number one and if you go through our training you can still go through there and modify the content or go through our seo training and do the seo with, and rank really well without having to build out a bunch of content the write stuff okay but number two if you really want the best results Here's what you should do is um, you could hire people to write the content for you, or for Carrot members, we have services that do it for you. Um, if you want us to launch, we call them location pages. So if you're, let's say you're a Texas home buyer, right? And let's say you buy in five different cities. Uh, most people, when they start their websites, you know, before Carrot came along, you'd launch a website and there was a home page and like maybe an about page and a contact page and whatever. But we started taking cues from Zillow and from LoopNet. And when, when you when you find things, when you like Google something and you find a Zillow page or a loopnet.com page, it's never the homepage that ranks. You know, it's always like a page specifically for that city and that niche in that city. Sure. And so we said, well, what if we start creating pages, we call them location pages, where you have a page for every city that you invest in and for every niche that you're looking to buy or sell. And so that's the next thing we suggest people do is launch those location pages for sell, sell, sell your house fast Dallas, sell your house fast Houston, sell your house fast San Antonio, you know, sell your inherited home fast in Duluth, like whatever it is. Okay. And we can do that as a service. It's a paid service, or you can go through our training to write that. And it's simple stuff to write. Number two, um, dude, we do have, we, we have some features in our system. One of them is called our automated content packs, where we go through and do the research every single month and we research what are buyers searching, what are sellers searching, motivate house sellers. And our team writes uh, 24 articles a month, 12 for our content pro plan, that's our $100 a month plan. And then an additional 12 for our, our advanced marketer plan, which is only 200 bucks a month. And so you can literally log in, click some buttons and schedule up blog posts that our team wrote that convert well and that we have this technology that kind of injects your city and state and phone number into all the articles. Um, so if you were to Google, like sell my house that I inherited in Birmingham or, you know, tons of phrases like that, um, in all kinds of different cities, you're going to find lots of carrot sites that rank for content that they never wrote, um, and they're pulling in probate houses, probate leads, inherited divorce leads from articles from our automated content system. Um, And then the second thing, dude, and this is what I do now, and I'd suggest people do this is we're in the age of trust and credibility. And I think especially for real estate investors, a lot of investors want to hide behind a website, right? They want to hide behind it and go, well, I don't want people to know who I am, or I don't want to put too much out about me or whatever. Number one, dude, people need to have pride and like, confidence in what they're doing is so damn helpful for that seller and buyer. You should not be ashamed of anything if you're operating the way that, the way that you're learning from wholesaling school. Like you should be so proud that you're in a business that's serving that client so well in a way that no one else could serve them. A real estate agent couldn't serve them that way. So be so damn proud. Put it out there. Like get your, get yourself on that about page, get in front of the darn camera on your cell phone. When you're at that next meeting, pull up the cell phone. You just got out of it and say, Hey, this is Trevor. You yeah, know, I'm here in Cincinnati. And I just got out of this house talking with the seller, um, with the house owner, Marsha, and she's going through a probate. Her husband passed away. I'm going to walk you through her scenario and her situation and how we made an offer and how we're going to be helping her to sell this house in Cincinnati fast, literally from your cell phone. Okay. So you guys need to come out of the shadows and start to put it out there. So you stand out from all the wholesalers and flippers out there and build trust and credibility. We're in the age and trust and credibility. The reason i bring this up to answer your content question is, um, for years, we were telling people, take those videos, upload them to YouTube and then send them through a transcription service like Rev.com or something to get all the words yanked out of it to get it transcribed and then put that on your site. It's like, oh, that's a great way to make articles. Take your video and make an art. And so we, we automated that. We're like, all you got to do now is get your darn video in YouTube copy and paste the URL, our system does the whole thing. It takes all the words out of it. It emails you a couple hours later and says, hey, your, your article's ready. And it's got your video at the top. It's got all the words in it below. And we have people ranking really high in Google for content that took them less than 10 minutes to make. Three to five minute video, upload it to YouTube, put it into our video post feature, less than 10 minutes. Um, and if people wanted an example of this, like a little homegrown example, I recorded a video on this, um, showing you how to do a video post in under 10 minutes, but, uh, this is the real example. Like I'm, um, I'm in a town called Roseburg, uh, and I have a co-work space here, an 8,000 square foot co-work space. Um, and so I sat down and I said, man, it'd be amazing if I could just like rank number one in Google for entrepreneur co-work space. It took me less than 10 minutes to do it. (laughs) And I, and I use, and I use carrot to do that. And so if you were to google a phrase like literally Roseburg r-o-s-e-b-u-r-g uh co-workspace um <clears throat> the number one ranking is a video post that i did in june 2019 so almost two two years ago that's evergreen marketing right there dude like when i talk evergreen marketing it means you do marketing one time and it works not just for weeks not just for the weeks that a direct mail goes out or whatever it works for years Okay, it took ten minutes to do that piece. Um, it's ranking number one in Google, and if you click it, it's literally a hokey, not very fancy video I shot with my my cell phone. The whole rest of it below is all content that came out of the video, and I get leads from that for our co workspace here every month. Every month.
0: I just I just googled it, man. Um, I, I had to. I, I had to Google that as, as you as you were speaking. Yeah. And yes. And yeah. That's you, man. Number one,
1: right, right there. And so that was that was a video that took me as a four minute video. The whole process took me less than 10 minutes.
0: Wow, Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So it then the answer, it sounds like is literally anyone can do this regardless of, you know, how good of a content creator you are or, or, or not. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I've got just one question of curiosity and then I've got uh, two more questions i'd like to ask you man because cool. uh, i know man you're providing so much value and i don't want to take up all your time today no this is fun to man value, uh, uh, gym dropping you're doing but i want to ask you this i mean that that you just explained to me is huge i'm i'm the kind of person trevor right uh i'm in business because you know like like many others right we want to we want to create impact right mm. and a lot of times People who think like that, like yourself and, and like I, we we you know we put something together, but then we want to improve it based upon well, how can we make it better? How, how can we serve yep. people? Right? How can how can how can carrot serve the person who isn't that good of a content creator? Mm-hmm. And so I just I'm just curious to know, man, how did you come up with that idea? Like what what was it that just sparked that for you? That's amazing. Dude, I, I think I think the
1: biggest thing is like in, anytime you're you're you have a product for people. Number one, you need to be you need to be in the trenches doing the thing, and like actually talking with the people and experimenting. I think that's one thing I'll see a lot with other competing products or e- even in other industries. They create something and then they forget to be in the trenches with the client. Going cool, like you implemented that thing. Like like here's here's what happened. In the early days with Carrot, uh, the Carrot websites didn't rank really good in Google because the framework was good, but it was, uh, we taught people how to go through and update your title tag and put all the right content on and do all this. No one would do it. It's Mm -hmm. like, guys, just follow the directions. It works. Like if you actually did the thing, it would work. And so then we'd be talking with people and I'm like, why? I mean, here's, let me pull up the page I sent you earlier. Have you done these things? And they're like, well... I kind of did a couple of those and I just don't really have the time for it. I'm like, ah, but you want the result, but you're not willing to do the thing that I just taught you. And so we would pull back and we would say, well, how can we just like do some of that stuff for them so they don't have to do those things? And so that's, that's what it is, man. We would keep pulling back going, well, guys, we're teaching you to go shoot videos and put them on YouTube and put them into rev.com and copy and paste a transcription and copy and paste in a blog, like all these steps. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, sounds amazing, but I'm I don't have the time to do it. I'm like, damn, if you just did it, it would work. (laughs) Maybe. Could we, could we like, Hey, tech team, could we just do some of this stuff for them? Um, and so that's what we do over and over again man we have those conversations it's always that guys if you do it it works well i don't have time to do it like oh damn like could we automate some of that so that so i'll we'll actually do it for them and that's how that came up and we're we're, we're going to take one more step on that because even this process here we took a 40 minute process down to four minutes for them even this is too long for some people so we so now we're going okay how do we eliminate them even having to co- having to log into carrot to do this like can we eliminate so they don't have to log in at all And what's going to be coming out likely this year is you're just going to have to hook up your YouTube account one time. And then we're going to ping you every time a new video is in your YouTube account saying, hey, we see a new video. Do you want a video posted? Yes or no? Bam. Yes. Uh, That's not in place yet. But so that's the process.
0: It's amazing, man. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And so here's here's what I want to know now, man. And and this is for everyone listening. Uh, You know, I'm sure that from all the value that they've gotten today i mean i'm sure there's people right now who's probably wondering forever how can they actually get carrot
1: yep well dude uh, carrot.com is is the best best spot and what i what i encourage people for sure is uh, we don't teach you how to invest in real estate and that, that's not our jam yeah, that's why you guys are on this podcast that's why you guys are in the wholesale whole wholesaling school like you guys are in the exact right spot to learn how to do this okay once you've learned how to do that and how to close the deals and how to talk to sellers then it's a perfect time to come over and get your website because even if you're doing direct mail or even if you're doing cold calling and even if you're on here going well i don't need carrot because i, I get all my deals from direct mail or cold calling i can guarantee you your people who you're direct mailing and cold calling, they're picking up their cell phone and searching you. They're searching the phone number that you're cold calling or texting from. They're Googling the the name of your company or your name after they get the direct mail piece. And my question is how many leads and deals are you losing right now every single year because you're not painting that good picture, not converting them online well when they research for you. And if your average profit per deal is 20K a year, are you like how many $20,000 deals are you okay with losing this year? Because you don't have the online presence tightened up even if all you do is offline, right? So literally go to carrot.com, and you guys can pick a plan. What, what I would suggest is that mid-tier plan. Uh, the one, it's a hundred bucks a month, guys. Comes with a weekly coaching, group coaching call with our team. Um, you know, it, you can launch up to three websites. You can get a motivated seller site if you want, a cash buyer site if you want. If you want to do mobile homes or land flipping, which can be really popular in the coming years. You can launch three sites in there. You, you can access the video post feature I talked about with that plan. You can access the automated content feature. And as you get even even more um, wrapped into it then you can elevate to the, the higher plans if it's something that you want but yeah just go to carrot.com check out the free content that we've got there check out my podcast and if it fits and you like our core values awesome we'd love to work with you
0: beautiful beautiful man and, and Trevor please share with us one fun fact about you man just what, what's 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 one really cool or weird thing Fun
1: fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, man. So I'll, I'll, I'll get really real with you here, man, is this, is uh, I, I was born with a, a syndrome. It's like a one in a million kind of a syndrome. And up until probably four years ago, I never talked about this, like ever. Cause I I, I was embarrassed about it. And I've realized now it's part of my story and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. But I was born with the syndrome. Uh, my brothers are all six feet tall. My dad's six foot tall, I'm five, six, I'm not, a, not a tall dude. I um, have joint problems that popped up, but I powered through them in college, playing baseball and stuff. But the biggest thing, man, was I had 32 teeth pulled over two years. 32 teeth at, at um, age 12 and 14. Because part of the syndrome, you, you grow all these extra teeth that are like coming in everywhere. And um, no one really knew what it, what it was at the time. And so I had these two surgeries, yanked out a ton of teeth, and through my entire junior uh, junior high school and high school years, dude. I didn't have any teeth in the top and I was missing teeth in the bottom as they are trying to pull them down. As you can imagine, that sucks. You know, like I I, I wasn't a guy who talked much at that time. I wasn't a guy who, I, I, I still had a confidence in me. Like I was never bullied, thankfully. I had a confidence in me for sure. Cause I knew that was gonna end eventually. It wasn't gonna be like that forever. Um, and I'm like, if I could just get through the next four five, six years, and just have as much confidence as possible and still not let this hold me back doing other things, imagine what I can do when I'm an adult. And so, um, guys, I went from a guy who didn't talk hardly ever at all to a guy that that's almost all that I do now and because I have a mission that's bigger than my my disability was. Um, and I just want to challenge anyone. A lot of you listening to this have, have way bigger challenges than I've ever had. And so look at what your motivation is going to be and and power through it. And a lot of you have challenges that are way smaller than the challenges I've, I've gone over and, uh, look at why you're not challenging yourself to get through them. So fun facts, probably no other people on this call have had 32 teeth pulled out and still have a full set of teeth.
0: That is amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing that Trevor. Really man. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on this podcast, sharing with everyone your knowledge, your extensive knowledge, man, and also your the value that you are providing through the mm-hmm. real estate uh, inve- investment industry, man. It's a it's it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the School of Wholesaling show, uh, sharing that with everyone, man. And uh, and yeah, man, it's I, I'm so happy, man, because you, dude, you're like an epitome of the of like the the one percent of people, right? That face their challenges and actually like go through with it, right? Like follow mm. through. I mean, you know, this entire journey uh, that uh, that we call entrep- entrepreneurship, uh, which really I call life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's gonna continue with the challenges, man. The challenges are gonna just keep coming and coming and coming. And and uh, absolutely just admire your level of of just commitment, man, and, mm. and the passion that you have. Uh, in this industry, brother, and, and we're lucky to have you, Trevor. Really, uh, so thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, taking out the time. I took out like took, took what a whole hour from you, man. Uh, hope, Dude,
1: I'm I'm, I'm 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 grateful, man. Like this this to me uh, when I started that podcast in 2016, I said I wrote on that thing. I want to do more interviews with amazing entrepreneurs, whether it's me interviewing them or or vice versa, because it gives me energy. I I, I love. Uh, taking whatever I can and have have people hopefully get value from it. And I just like my core values for the company say, I want to be a beacon of positivity and possibility for people. And and dude, you're you're an amazing epitome of it as well. And uh, keep the energy up, man. Like people need that positive energy right now. There's so much negative energy in the world and people need exactly what you're bringing. And everyone listening to this, Dive deeper and deeper and deeper into what uh, uh, what what you've learned in this podcast, but all the podcasts. Uh, uh, keep keep in in the school of wholesaling. Dive deeper in that you're in the right spot, and then pick and choose kind of those other resources that can help you get to other places. So, man, I'm grateful to be, to be on here with you.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you so much, brother. Now, one last thing, and then we'll go ahead and we'll close it out, man. Uh, for those people who want to get a hold of you online. How do you
1: mm-hmm. get that? What's the best way to get a hold of you, dude? Uh, Instagram, yeah, Instagram. I, I post a lot on there. I'm, I'm doing 75 hard challenge right now. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's like a fitness and life challenge. I'm posting that every day. But Trevor. that's M A U C H, or lately Clubhouse, dude. I don't know. If, I don't know if many of you are on Clubhouse, but find me on Clubhouse.
0: Yeah, man. Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the spot right now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect, man. Thank you so much again, Trevor, for joining us today on the show. Uh, guys, this is it for today's show. I hope that you really, really enjoyed the time that uh, we spent here with Trevor Mock of Carrot. The only, <laughs> carrot.com. If you're looking right now to get online and take your business from dinosaur to to uh, to futuristic, because let's be honest, the online is online is really, you know, the future is really online. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Yep. Right? And so if you guys want to start doing that, go to carrot.com. And if you have any questions, reach out to my man, Trevor, at trevor.bark. <laughs> <laughs> I love pair. it. And, uh, and for sure, as you guys already know, uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to me as well at Luke LukeMadeus on IG. Watch out for our Clubhouse as well, guys. We're gonna be dropping lots and lots of gems on Clubhouse. And if you haven't done so already, you could join the Masterclass program, guys, and really, really take yourself from zero to 100 right now with the education tools and support support that you need on your journey for only ninety-seven bucks a month. Okay, so go ahead, guys. Take massive action. Even if you don't take advantage of anything that myself or Trevor has offered you today, we just we're just here to bring you a ton of value, and that's all we're here to do. So, guys, get out there. Continue to take massive action. Continue to educate yourself, and let's wholesale real estate. Oh wow, dude! Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. We're going to host real estate.